we've had some worship already today. Jesus, center of my joy. Jesus, center of my joy. Did y'all hear it? They held joy out for a long time there. That kind of joy that stretches. Jesus, center of my joy. Did you hear also that love is what matters? A little bit earlier when Terry was singing, and it's that love that counts in the end. Boy, some basic truths that we're hearing in our music today. Love is what matters, and Jesus, you are the center of our joy. When we have fallen on the ground in fear, and you just touch us with your hand, we get up again. Jesus, you are the center of our joy. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks today for children being baptized, for beautiful days, for music that inspires us, for people who love one another, for people who care, care about you putting love first and that love matters. We lift up to you, O oh God, all of us here and all of us in the world so that we may truly, truly find that center of joy and trust that love is truly what matters. In your precious, precious name we pray. Amen. Boy, the scripture had some images for us today. I don't know if you saw it in both the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian Testament. We had some of those numbers we really know and have here all our lives. Do you know there were six days that it took God to form creation and then gift it to us? You know, just a breath on the water. You know, six days God's working on this stuff so God can gift it to us on the seventh day. Then we get in Moses in the Hebrew scripture today, we got six days. God's up there on the mountain, you know, getting ready to give us another gift. And in that time, the gift in Moses enters and it is the law for the people so that they have an identity, so that they have a covenant. You know, and then we move to the gospel stories in Matthew that we've been following for the last few Sundays. And in that story, we hear Jesus is up on that mountain and then he goes in again on six days God's getting ready to give us another gift. The gift this time is Jesus. God keeps working on our behalf, working, and then we meet God, and God gifts us anew so that we can finally get it over and over and over again. God's working to create this for us so that we can finally receive it, finally get it. We have that on this, in this today. So today we've got not just, not just the six days, but we've got mountains, right? You know, mountains in both places. We've got shiny Moses. Moses comes down on the mountain. His face shines. They can't look at him. we got shiny Jesus. His face is shining. His robes are all white. He's all shiny. So we've got lots of wonderful, beautiful, dazzling images. And most of all, I just love it. We've got clouds, you know. Don't you love clouds? Beautiful, fluffy things that are... What? You got some clouds, Mark Brown? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere I'm clouds that way but now they only block the sun they rain and snow on everyone so many God in my way 
I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from up and down, and still somehow it's clouds, illusions I recall. I really don't know clouds at all. Got it. Got to just love some Joni. Have you ever been one of those kids laying in a meadow that looks up at the sky and tries to see things in the clouds? What kind of figures are there there? What kind of animals are they? What you see? Trying to imagine what it is. I love this little song from Joni because she goes through the clouds and she says, I've looked at them from both sides, you know, both sides. And then at the end of it, she says, you know, I really don't get clouds, you know? And, and I love it that God in the scripture today is the clouds. God is amidst in the middle of these clouds, and you can walk into it, but you don't know. You don't get it. You know, you get to experience God. You get to be a part of it, but we don't know God. We just get the glimpses. We get the taste. We can have the experiences, and we have one of those experiences recorded for us today in the scripture. But man, both sides now, up and down. But you know, let me walk into them in hope. God's going to meet me right there because God's prepared something as a gift for each and every one of us. Let's walk right into those clouds. And I love it. Joni goes on in her song to talk about she looks at love from both sides, but then, you know, she's still going to learn about it her whole life because she doesn't get love either. You know, and then she looks at life, all of life from both sides. Just the challenge for us to keep living going on. We don't know what's coming next. We don't know what the next part of the story is, but that we, we think we might know. But ultimately, if we really trust and are open to possibilities, we may not even have a clue what God's going to do with us and gift us in our life. It's amazing. Just a simple little song that I just love that she goes back each verse to mystery. To let me just stand in front of the mystery and be present. So today we are finishing the Creating Change series. The series that started with Jesus' baptism. This has been a season in church life we called Epiphany. And it usually means that you have green up front, okay? And this season of the stories of Jesus' public ministry from when he started in baptism. And if y'all remember, when we started in baptism, there was also a voice from heaven. The voice from heaven, the clouds break open, and a dove descends, and the voice says, You are my own by beloved in whom I am well pleased. Remember that voice? the start of Jesus's public ministry and so we move from that voice where Jesus at that point in time is empowered and sent forth for the transformation of the people of Israel the people of Israel so that they remember what the covenant is they remember the core love neighbor love self love God they remember the core of the teaching the core of the faith because they had lost their way so in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we have this wonderful voice from heaven getting Jesus started in a public way because Jesus has walked down into the waters with John in baptism and solidarity and said, we have to turn a different direction. The scripture uses the word repent, but we have to turn a different direction. This is not working. We have to create some change in our lives. We have to create the kind of change that goes back to the core values of who we are as a people of God the kind of change that remembers that love is what matters. And ultimately, Jesus, you are the center of my joy. 
so this voice in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So this series of creating change, we started right there with we have to turn a new direction. Jesus stands in the water and makes a commitment to help transform the people, transform the people of Israel. And change isn't easy. For how many of you do you think change is just joyful? Get up in the morning, I'm going to have some change today. You know? Maybe a new pair of shoes. You know? <laughs> I'm going to have some change today. Maybe grow something on your face. You know? I'm going to have a little change today. But change is not easy. It's one of the hardest things we do in our life. We might say we enjoy it, but when we really look at it, we struggle against it. We push back when life wants to help us change things, when God wants to help us change things. We kind of are comfortable where we are, even if where we are isn't so great. You know, change is difficult. And so this whole part of Jesus' ministry to transform a people, to create change so that they get back to the core of what God's love is for them and about, so in this series, we've been talking about what it takes to make change in our lives, and not just in our lives, in our families, and in the world. And so we've had different preachers come in and tell us stories about change, and I've preached some of those myself. And as we go through this process, I want you to hear it as a process of change. First, you have to be aware that something needs to change. That's what Jesus did when he walked into the water. He stood right there saying, we need to go a new direction. Then you need to be open to learning. You may not know what the direction is yet, but you have to be open to learning that there may be something about this that you need to take into your heart. And then after you're open to learning, then the next thing you need to do is you need to be able to leave behind that which doesn't work. Leave behind some of the old, face forward into what is next that you're being called into, even if you don't know exactly what it is yet. Then as you've left those things behind that are keeping you back, then you have to rewrite the story. Y'all remember Reverend Mona? You know, those mat stories? Pick up your mat and walk and write a new story for yourself. You have to rewrite a new story. Because leaving the behaviors behind that are difficult or that stop us doesn't necessarily rewrite the story for you. It might give you a clean slate, but you need to know what the new story is going to be. And Jesus has something to tell us what that story looks like. You know, so rewrite the script. Rewrite your story. And after you've rewritten the story, it's not just enough to say, this is the story. Then the next Sunday we talked about, you have to embody it. You don't only have to write a new story for your life. You have to be salt. You have to be light. You have to embody this story into your bones, into your being, so that when you breathe it and live it, it's you so that you can endure because you're going to have hard times, but you have to embody this story. If you want to create change that lasts, you have to take that identity for yourself and own it and know that God's transforming you right in the middle of the process. So first you rewrite it and then you embody it. And then after you've embodied it like that, you have to do something that's very interesting. You have to change where you see power coming from. Reverend Dwayne preached for us. He asked us, where's the altar? He said, it's not with the Roman folk. That's not where the altar is. Where's the altar? It is not in the temple. You don't have to have anyone give you a ticket to go find God. Reverend Dwayne said, the altar is right there with you, right within you. So where does the power reside for this creating change? With God's help, with Christ's love, the power is not going and getting your ticket punched by someone else. 
for approval and affirmation, he was telling us, okay, you've written a new story. You've embodied a new story. Recognize that the power for that new story, that altar is right there within you because God has made it so for no other reason but that God has made it so. So is creating change easy? Sometimes we got to go back and rewrite again, rewrite again. We got to go back, remember what's wrong again, what's wrong again. We have to leave some things behind again. We might get in these loops over here, right? Rewrite the story, embody the story, recognize that the power is right there within you. And this is what Jesus is doing, not only with a few disciples, He's trying to do it for the whole nation of Israel to rewrite the story, to understand that the power of God is within them. The core values that they've held for all this time are in them, to practice them, to be them, even when it's tough. So this Creating Change series are things that we do individually, but also we do with families, and we do corporately in the world to make things shift and to make things happen. It can take some time to rewrite a story to change the narrative, to bring healing, to shift culture. We've been seeing some of that go on. I have a rainbow Texas on my Facebook page right now. You know? You know, that judge, because of a judge. It takes time to rewrite our stories. And once we know where that power is, Reverend Hector was with us the next week and he said, okay, we've been working on ourselves a lot. And he said, stretch. He said, go beyond. Go beyond what's comfortable. Go beyond what's familiar. Jesus is saying in that story in Matthew to go beyond and to stretch. It's not just for you. It's for transformation of the world as well. As well. Making change. It may sound simple. It takes some energy and some time and some people working together to make change, to create change in this world. And now today we get to the place of we've been, we've, all of these pieces that Jesus has been giving the disciples and the, and the people of Israel to work with. And now we have this image of shiny Jesus up on, the, up on the mountain. And it's because a new thing's about to happen. The first time we heard the voice from heaven... Jesus was beginning his public ministry. This time we have the voice from heaven. Jesus is saying to the disciples, he's just said to them, we're going to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. Well, we've been following you so far. We're going to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. Well, it kicked up a fuss within some of them. You know, they had to re-choose again. Is this the story? Is this the gospel? Is this what we've rewritten? Is this what it means for us to follow Jesus is that we're going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to die? On that pilgrimage, they get what they needed in this mountain story where they see Jesus with Elijah and with Moses and they hear the voice again, the same voice that says, this is my own, this is my beloved, in whom I am well pleased, and that voice is for each of us. And then the voice goes on to say, listen to him. Listen to him. He's just said, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to die. Listen to him. Take it in. Believe it. Can you go on that journey too? Can you make that choice to stay in this journey together with Jesus as he moves forward as God has called him to. 
I don't know about you, but that's hard. Change can be really hard when it gets to that tough stuff and it looks like there's rough going ahead. You know, let's go back over here. Let's rewrite some more of the story. Let's erase this part out. The tough part out of the story. You know, change, creating change can be mighty hard. I can identify with Peter. He loved Jesus. I know he loved Jesus. He's already been in a fight with him about this and Jesus called him Satan. You gotta love each other if you're calling each other Satan. Right. You know? Peter's response to Jesus is, well, let's just not go that way. And Jesus says, get behind me. Get behind me. So now they're on top of the mountain. Peter says again, well, it didn't work the first time. Now let's try this. Why don't we just stay here? We don't have to go into that tough road. Let's just stay here. Jesus, I love you. I'm not ready to go see you die. Let's just stay here on this mountain. And I get that. There was a moment in time when I thought I was going to lose Walter. We had moved to Chicago in 2003, and 2004 was a year of hospitals and illness and experimental treatments and drugs and not knowing what was happening and drugs that are supposed to help you had the opposite effect and just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for all that period of time and at Rush Medical Center, and they just didn't seem to be able to find out what they could do. So ultimately they said, well, we're going to have to yank out his colon and rearrange his insides in an experimental treatment we haven't tried before, but we're going to see if it's going to work. Not a fun time in our life. And so we're at the medical center getting ready for this 8 to 10 hour surgery, which may or may not work, and they're removing his colon and rearranging his insides as they described it. And as I'm headed back into this hospital room, our pastor from our little church came out. Tall, young man, 27 years old, named Trey. And he looks at me and says, had a good visit with Walter, everything went well. And uh, I want you to know that he told me that he is okay with Jesus, that he is ready. I said, the heck he is. <laughs> he said, I'll tell him how okay he is with Jesus. Let me get in that room with him, you know? And the pastor was shining, like, you know, his face is a good thing. I said, well, no, it's not. And went in and talked with Walter and said, I did not, I wasn't ready for that person I loved who brought healing into my life, who taught me how to play again, who I built a world with to be ready to go. I needed him to come back. I understand Peter not wanting Jesus to go. You know, I understand it very well. You know, in that, in that moment of saying, no, it's going, things are good now. Stay here with us. Creating change is sometimes like that in our lives. We might not have to go to a surgical remedy, but all our insides get rearranged. If it's deep change, all our insides get rearranged. And God's walking with us right in the middle of it, saying, trust me. Go back and do the steps again if you have to, but I'll be with you. Let's create change in your life and in the world today. There are little steps and big steps to creating change. It's not always surgery. Sometimes it's just making the choice to care and to try. You know, this movie I showed you last, a couple of weeks ago, um, Dangerous Minds. I'm going to show you another clip from it. Because there's a moment in time where the kids are saying, you don't understand, and the teacher's trying to say, oh, no, the altar is within you. You have the power to make this choice. You can choose to have a different way of living. 
So listen to this encounter with her students. Hey, listen. Nobody's forcing you to be here. You have a choice. You can stay or you can leave. Lady, why are you playing this game? We don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice on whether or not you're here? No. If we leave, we don't get to graduate. If we stay, we got to put up with you. Well, that's a choice, isn't it? You have a choice. You either don't graduate or you have to put up with me. It may not be a choice you like, but it is a choice. Man, you don't understand nothing. I mean, you don't come from where we live. You, you're not bused here. Do you have a choice to get on that bus? Man, you come and live in my neighborhood for one week, and then you'll tell me if you got a choice. But there are a lot of people who live in your neighborhood who choose not to get on that bus. What do they choose to do? They choose to go out and sell drugs. They choose to go out and kill people. They choose to do a lot of other things, but they choose not to get on that bus. The people who choose to get on that bus, which are you, are the people who are saying, I will not carry myself down to die. When I go to my grave, my head will be high. That is a choice. There are no victims in this classroom. Oh, man. So we've had this shiny Jesus, and he's telling you we've had a choice. We're coming down this mountain, and we're going to Jerusalem. You can walk this journey with me, but it's your choice. You have the power to choose. You got up today, and you came to church. That was your choice. You got on the bus, you know? Things may have looked okay at home. That bed may have felt warm. Coffee could have been good, but you came here. You've got that choice to make. This story of transfiguration is preparing us for the next part of Jesus' ministry, saying, listen, go along with, choose, choose to be my people. There's a wonderful prayer by this written by a woman named Jan that I want you to read with me for Transfiguration Sunday. And we're going to see it on the slides. It's about transfiguration. You're going to join me responsively in it if you do. When the glory comes, that when glory shows up, not by fear, that when glory shines, all the way, all the way, all the way down. Thanks be to God. Amen.